Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. What's going on? This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, all the voice of Harlem. If you are here for the first time, my name is Stanley Fritz. I am the most handsomest, bestest, amazingest PC on the PC ones and twos, and I engineer the show, and I'm here with the good friend Alyssa Fuchs and Gregory Nixon. Except for we're not on WHCR, the voice of Harlem this morning. I mean, technically we are, but yeah. I mean, but, you know. Well, anyways, we're making it happen for you, coming at you from 40 Worth Street down in downtown Manhattan. Um, and my name is Alyssa Fuchs, as Stanley said. Thank you, Stanley. You're welcome. Um, I'm your political and legal correspondent. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I, I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S. S, if you nasty. Did I you misspell your last name? name today. That's how distraught I am. No, you know what? I'm kind. Of, I'm trying to cut the S off so I don't seem as Jewish. You know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Gotta yeah. be careful these days. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, I, I I try and make light, but it's it's really not funny as we know. Um, but anyways, you can also find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, I L Y S S A F U C H S. Got it right that time. Yep. Or on Instagram, Alyssa dot Fuchs. Um, you know where I say. Uh, Lots of fun things. Oh, no, no, no. Instagram's like the photos. Twitter is where I stay all the fun things. Um, like what? Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you a perfect example. The other day, mm-hmm. um, Paul Ryan tweeted that they had passed some quote-unquote comprehensive opioid package. Um, they, like, of course, this right comprehensive now? package did not include ending the war on drugs, you know, Medicare for all, um, you know, or any of the criminal justice reforms that actually might reduce the opioid crisis. Yeah. Um, it just doubled down on the same stuff that's not working, yet Paul Ryan called it comprehensive. And of course, I had something to say about that, so Twitter is where that thought probably and did come out. Anyways, who are you? Paul's still around? Yeah, you know, yeah, he's man. sort of retiring and nobody cares what he says but he's still trying to be relevant even yeah. though he's not oh man i'm gregory neesmith i am a host of the gregory neesmith show i'm a certified coach and underdog advocate and happy to be back with the let your voice be heard family word we're happy to have you back yes indeed and i'm out here just exploring how underdogs become champs in today's society and culture and it's rough out here for us so that's what i do and you can find me at gregoryneesmith.com and all access to my social media and all that good stuff all right, wonderful, wonderful. So, guys, we have a really big, slightly sad, depressing show for you. But before we do, you're probably wondering where two people from our show are. So, Jackie is not here this weekend. She got a family issue to take care of. And Selena is supposed to be at work in Haiti. But I don't know if you can call her work. So we were watching her Instagram story this morning, and we're not sure if she's working or playing. Yeah. Or what? So, Selena, let us know what you're doing out yeah, there. Yeah, follow her on Instagram, Miss Selena Hill. And her stories are the most amazing things to witness. I don't know what's going on, but listen, guys, she's not really at work, but we're here, and we have a great show for you. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about Megyn Kelly getting fired for being trash. We're going to be talking about the New York Knicks not going 82-0, but you know what? We still have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Probably not. What? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, <laughs> listen, beloved. Don't hate on my Knicks, okay? We are working on things. We're going to be talking about the shooting that happened in Pittsburgh at the Pittsburgh Synagogue. This is really bad. We're going to be talking about Trump's additional attacks on American people. It is going to be a big show. And our main conversation today is asking the real question. Is it safe for anybody who is not a white Anglo-Saxon person? It's becoming, it seems to be becoming more and more, at least obvious to me, that this isn't a place anymore that people of color 
LGBTQIA people, trans people, indigenous people, Latin people. Jewish people. Jewish people can be saved. And we're going to have a real conversation about that today. And we hope you guys will join us. And listen, as always, if you're on IG Live, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about this. If you're on Facebook Live, leave us a comment. Callie, I see you over here right now. Make sure you're joining the conversation and telling us what you think because we don't know what we think. Yes, we do. But anyways, guys, it's going to be a great show. But before we begin, I got to ask, so, Greg, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. I got to play some basketball. Speaking of basketball, mm-hmm. um, I'm not an expand, so let me just get that out. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like you know what, Alyssa, <laughs> next person, Alyssa, how was your weekend? I don't like basketball. Oh, next That's person. Right. Was <laughs> it was good. I spent it with you. Well, yeah, part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, being Santa Claus, but mm-hmm. we won't say in what way. Yeah. No, but Greg, go ahead. How was your no, weekend? No. Um, so, you know, the weekend was so many crazy things going on so I needed some mental break so I went to a birthday party played some ball I also found one of the funniest pettiest things online uh, was um 50 cent buying out tickets to yeah <laughs> like it might be the petty award of the year so stuff like that made me smile during yeah. the weekend of a lot of uh you know not smiling going yeah on. yeah no, you're right about that. And Cardi B has a new single out this week too, so that made me happy. Cardi Does B. she? It's called Money. I haven't heard it. <laughs> no, but it, she has a new single out. It made me happy, but I haven't listened to yeah, it. Yeah, because yet. I want to see Cardi B succeed. But then also, apparently, she said Nicki Minaj fans leaked the song. I don't know. Hold on, first to succeed, you gotta download. You actually music. have to pay to download it. Well, you're asking a lot, Alyssa. How was your weekend? What'd you do besides hang out with me on Friday? Um, nothing. Um, no, that's not true. I actually had some downtime and like relaxed, which is like I really need needed that. Um, yesterday I read some books, uh, Got finally got the book that I had been waiting on from the library. I love the library app. Um, the oh, library yeah. is the best. The library is the best socialist program oh, in the country. They are not cutting us a check. We give the library no plug. No, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I love the library. Um, no, so I, I read some books and um, I watched some documentaries. I was watching a really interesting documentary yesterday about the Concorde and about supersonic flight. Um, really? You know, I did some cooking, made some French toast for myself yesterday. Oh. You gotta have some basic life skills, know how to cook over here. All right. Um, you Pick know. me Twitter. <laughs> what? Pick me Twitter. That's when girls on Twitter go, I know how to cook and clean, I don't like to party. So <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I know how to cook and clean and I like to party. Mm. I'm just like everything. I'm the best. I know how to cook and clean too. <laughs> I like brushing shoulders off over <laughs> I here. I feel like most adult people know how to cook and clean. Reen Bean. I see your commenting. Thank you so much for being online with us today. We'll definitely get to your comments at some point. So, guys, listen, I would love to keep on shooting the crap with you guys about the weekend, um, but my weekend wasn't very interesting besides me going apartment hunting. Yo, apartment hunting in New York City is really hard, man. <laughs> it's it is. really hard. I saw an apartment yesterday, and they advertised it as like a spacious loft three-bedroom apartment. And then I got there, and it's on a five-floor walk-up, and the whole apartment is about the size of this office. And they wanted twenty three hundred for it, Ooh. and I'm just like, dog, like, what, like, come on. I hope they didn't also want like a broker fee too. Yeah, of course they wanted a broker fee. Yeah. So and I saw I saw one apartment that I really really like, and I'm holding out hope for it. Oh man. You but know, it's I, like when they go and you're like, they're like, this is a junior one bedroom, and then you walk in, you're wait, like, this a is what? not a junior one bedroom. What's this a is junior studio. one bedroom? A junior one bedroom is like a made up thing when something's really a studio, but yeah. it sort of has a separate bedroom that's separate oh. from the living room. So they try and get away with charging more by calling it a junior one bedroom. The finesse is real out here in these streets. Oh, it's ain't just it? like when they try and rename neighborhoods to make it more attractive. Oh yeah, oh, I was yeah. telling Daisy about like, that. Like, that's like a justification thing. Because apartment hunting, like, 
Maryland, I would love to move to Brooklyn. Maryland would not. She's like, I'm not moving to Brooklyn. I'm definitely not moving to your bum, your bum East New York, where I grew up at, because she thinks it's too dangerous over there. She said she saw the wire, and it was East New York. <laughs> I hate that. But anyways. Shout out to East New York. <laughs> yeah, word. Shout out to East New York. What up? Ah, ah. Anyways, um, what'd she say to me? Oh, so the um, realtor was like, oh, we have some great apartments in the piano district. And I was like, where's that? She goes, not far from you. Around 146 and Grand Concourse. I'm like, hold on, sis. Ain't that the Bronx? Yeah, it is the Bronx. That's a South Bronx. What are you talking about? So, so I, I, I'm in Harlem, and um, they were trying to rename where I live, where I live, called Soha, so that people yeah. don't have to move to Harlem. They can move to Soha. Oh nah. The, game, the, the gentrification game is real. Yeah. Big real estate will do anything to try and rename a neighborhood to make it seem man. like it's somewhere different than it actually is. Yo, square up. Stop playing with me, King. All right. This is my. Well, you ain't the King. You real estate savages. This is my neighborhood. We don't want you messing it up with your nonsense, all right? We don't want Anthony Golioni with the loud pack on 145th and Lennox looking for Julio for that for that stuff, all right? No, we're good out here. But anyways, guys, besides me talking junk, we do have to shift gears. So now that the struggle has officially started, let's be productive. So for those of you who don't know and for those of you who know, we're going to be switching gears and we're going to be doing this thing called the News Roundup. And that's when we talk about news stories that happen throughout the week. Things that made us laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or just scratch our heads because sometimes it does be like that. Um, anyone can share a story. We like to share stories and talk about it. But if you have something you want us to talk about, you can leave a comment on IG Live at BeHeard underscore radio or on Facebook Live at Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. It's literally right here on the wall behind me, so you can post it over there. Um, Greg, I know you had a couple of stories, so I want to start with you. What caught your eye this week? Man, you know, it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people, you might be thinking, what are you going to wear for Halloween? Yeah. And there's things you do wear, and there's things you're like, oh, I know that's off limits. I would mm-hmm. never wear that type of costume. Right. I think it's common sense. Well, Megyn Kelly, host <laughs> of the Megyn Kelly Today Show, or I guess used to host the Megyn Kelly Today Show, <laughs> talked about earlier this week that it was okay to wear blackface and that it was something that, you know, people did around her way growing up. Of course they did. <laughs> she grew up in, like, the white suburbs. In, like, Syosset, Long Island. Yeah. Is that where she's from? She was the hot topic of Syosset. You know, that's <laughs> how it goes out there, man. <laughs> Which is 2018, and I still can't believe there's people out there who don't know some of the history of blackface. Yep. And how folks used to wear uh, non-black people dressed up as black folks. And spreading stereotypes about us cooning and being lazy and happy-go-lucky and all this stuff. And Megyn Kelly still in 2018 thinking that, oh, yeah, that's a cool costume. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was reading a post that was from uh, Sean King yesterday night. I saw it on Instagram. And it was a photo of a young boy, a young white boy. It's gone around before. This is from like two or three Halloweens ago. Um, and he's dressed up at Malcolm, as Malcolm X, and he's not in blackface. And, mm-hmm. and Sean King writes... This is how you do a black costume if you're a white person. You can do it very well by being respectful. You don't have to put on blackface. And he was essentially to say, you can be a black character for Halloween if you're white, if you want to be. Just like if you're black, you can be a white character for Halloween, but you don't have to put on blackface, which is inherently problematic, in order to be a black character. There are very uh, savvy ways to do it without being offensive. Well, Greg, I want to ask you, because I know some people were getting mad because white kids were dressing up as Black Panther. I personally didn't care, because like my rule is no blackface, we're good. Yep. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, your point and what uh, Alyssa said is all good. If you want to dress up as any character, mm-hmm. there's a respectful way to do it. And I think Megyn Kelly mentioned Diana Ross. Well, cool. Put on a big gown and a big wig and call it a day and carry a microphone in your hand. Right. You don't have to get into blackface 
to still have your Halloween costume workout. You really don't. Alyssa, like, have you had any, seen any kids in your neighborhood wearing um, the Black Panther costume? No. Actually, I haven't seen any kids in my neighborhood out trick-or-treating yet. I assume that's because Halloween's, like, on, what, Wednesday? Yo, I always forget because you know how many Halloween parties we got invited to this weekend? Well, yeah, it's we because when Friday. you're an adult, then, like, we work. So we do <laughs> we Halloween work. on the weekends, like, the weekend before Halloween. That makes sense. But, yeah. like, when you're a kid, you're actually going to probably go out trick-or-treating on Halloween, on Wednesday. And I assume I will see kids because um, I live right across the street from a school. There's like a public school right on my corner. Um, and so I see the kids all the time. And I assume I'll definitely see kids in costume on Wednesday. So I have to keep my eyes posted for that. But, yeah. um, you know. There was a guy, just to switch stories a little bit, there was a guy who got mad because he took his kids out to a Halloween party and he said the family loves history. He dressed up as Hitler in the Iron Reach. So like his kid was Hitler. And he was a Nazi soldier, and his daughter was another Nazi soldier. Again. See, that's, like, problematic no matter which way you spin it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you, you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't dress up as Hitler or Mussolini or, you know, people like that, fascists, because, you know, it inherently says something. It's not just like, oh, yeah, cool, con you know, cool costume. Um, I mean, there have been satirical versions of that done, and satirical versions of that can be pulled off. Yeah. But when you're, like, just straight up dressing up as Hitler, I mean, I mean that just, like, plays into the conversation we're going to have later on today. You know, like, that's not only is it offensive, like, it, and not only can be taken the wrong way, it, like, it can be scary to, to other people. Yeah. Imagine being a Jewish person and walking down the street, uh, you know, after yesterday's events and seeing somebody dressed up in a Halloween costume as Hitler. Like, yeah. that would be very unsettling. Yo, let's let's switch gears a little bit. It's getting depressing. Didn't Megyn Kelly get fired, too? So it's depressing. Well, yeah. Her show got canceled. Her show got canceled, Wait. but she walked away with the bag, didn't she? Yeah, she did, because she, she got that good contract. Oh, my goodness. But they they should have known. That's how you know you got to get yourself a good yeah. look. If you want to walk away with that good contract. She is the woman who told us that Santa Claus and Jesus were both white. Word. Come on, <laughs> sis. Come on. Get it together, Syosip Mind. So, guys, let's talk about Nike. They finally rolled out some of this Colin Kaepernick gear, which I did not get a chance to get. I didn't even know it was out yet. And it sold out already. Hours. Hours. This is the same company that gives money to Republican politicians. But they're giving Colin Kaepernick the bag. And I know I was one of the people. I'm like, hey. Colin Kaepernick's getting paid. I'm good to go. How do you feel about this, about Nike making a profit off of Colin Kaepernick's activism? Melissa? I mean, look, that's capitalism, is it not? <laughs> um, at the end of the day, uh, somebody's got to make a, a profit somewhere as long as we're going to have the, uh, you know, capitalist system that we have. And, um, you know, look, Colin Kaepernick's making money, too. Yeah. So, you know, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, he didn't get his contract in the NFL. Um, people are really disappointed about that, but, like, I don't know how much money he's making now because, you know, we haven't yeah. seen his tax returns, he's nor got, does he have any reason to release them. Listen, he he's the not running guy. for office. Yeah, he's not um, the president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I'm happy. I'll say this. I am happy that Colin Kaepernick is getting what I think he's always deserved. You know, mm -hmm. yes, he is not making his money through football, um, and he's still out of a job in that respect, but he is a public figure. He is being seen. His goods are selling. Um, he's making money. You know, Nike's making money too, but you know, again, like that's capitalism. And if we really, if that's the system we want to change, then like that's a larger conversation than just Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick should move out of the U.S. and go to Ethiopia. Okay. You know, you know why I think that, right, Greg? Comment? Because they have their first black woman president. Mm, do they? <laughs> Tell us more, time, sir. I'm just saying, but. It's the year of the woman everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Ethiopia has its first uh, uh, woman president. And so maybe that'll 
bring some good luck to, to some of the folks running here, and we'll have some first going on yeah, in the man. election coming up here. I mean, it also says huge. something about America, right? I mean, true. Like Angela Merkel and Germ- like we're there's all we're these so countries. behind. Oh yeah, we're definitely behind. But like, there are like over thirty countries now that have had a woman president already. Oh yeah. So except for including like Pakistan and India and places where you wouldn't expect a woman to be president, but yet no woman here because yeah, no America. America. Free land. Give me your tire. Yeah. Unless they're black or brown. If I didn't, I've, I've been reminded this weekend that it's all BS. Yo, <laughs> and we're gonna get to that too because no, like you the know, the Second it, Amendment is killing the first. Yeah. Listen, I'll say this. We're going to get to that stuff. There's a lot of things to talk about. But I want to kind of slowly kick it off okay, with the Kroger shooting that happened in Kentucky earlier this week. A white man with a bunch of guns tried to go into a black church. He couldn't get in there. So he went to the Kroger store. I, don't, I guess it's their Walmart, whatever you call it. He shot two black people. And then he got into a shootout with a white guy. They both ran out of bullets. And the white guy's like, don't shoot. And the man says, whites don't shoot whites. He specifically went to go kill black people. Guess what? This guy was also a huge Trump supporter. This guy also thought that black people were taking away all the white people's benefits and that there was a white genocide going on. People like him have been popping up a lot more often since Trump's been elected because they feel empowered. Have you guys heard about the story? Because it has not gotten a lot of attention. No, I have heard about this story. Um, from what I understand, there was two people killed. They were both people of color. Um, and, you know, what you already said is accurate, that the guy did say that he doesn't kill other white people. Um, and, of course, this plays into the conversation that we're going to have later on in the segment about the way in which Donald Trump's rhetoric um, and the rise or the always existing hate in America yes. that has now bubbled to the forefront um, because people act like this is just like some new phenomenon. This is not a new phenomenon. In the 1930s, the KKK literally marched in the streets. They literally went to Washington, D.C. and held a rally with hundreds of thousands of people openly marching in the streets. After World War II, we were able to basically, you know, tamp that down in America. But those people never went away. They just went underground, and now they're coming back. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, because I know we're going to talk about that later on during this segment. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, you know, this is the underlying... This is who we are. Um, This is America. Yeah. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to Kamora Zen, who who made sure she sent me that article to share on here. Mm -hmm. And I also want to give a shout-out to some people who are listening to the show right now. Um... We got some interesting comments, guys. Reen Bean says, I say D.C. liberals because our state Dems aren't psychotic. Um, and she was talking about earlier, she said she feels safe because she has open carry, so she has a gun on her. Teresa, That's an well, interesting comment. <laughs> Ellison says, it's not safe in Trump's America? Question mark. You have to be kidding or, del- or disillusioned. There are over 20,000 people who attended Trump rallies, and there hasn't been one report of violence. The violence you speak of comes from the left, and soon there won't be any Democrats left. Red wave coming. Teresa! (laughs) Wow, that's like some alternate facts universe right there. Teresa, thanks for your comment. By 2045, white people will be the minority. Congratulations, sis. Get ready for some more black people on your block. Uh, but no, like, the other thing that, like, that's the thing. Those people are living in a bubble. You go to a Trump rally and there's no violence because all the white supremacists are at the Trump rally not killing each other because there's other white people there, just like the guy said at the Kroger. Meanwhile, the crazy guy who lives in the Trump van is sending bombs out to all the Democrats, live pipe bomb weapons that could have blown up and also could have injured well, innocent uh, postal workers. Well, so. let's hold that thought for a second, Lisa, because that's dipping into the... 
the, the, the part of my conversation. And but it's real. It's happening. Go ahead, girl. Well, can I just say one thing to the yeah. comment? To the comment, which was <laughs> the uh, comment, to the comment. <laughs> is that the one time to your point that a, a, a black person did show up at a Trump rally? He got sucker punched while walking through the yeah. Yeah. So let's not let's not forget. So to your point, yes, as long as we stay away, we're safe, and the rallies are peaceful. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, but like this, just like you know, this is how much people live in their bubble. And look, there are people in the left living in a bubble too, to a certain extent. Yeah. There are people on the you know on the very far left and on the very far right that live you know but in some kind of alternate universe um but for the rest of us you don't unless you are blind and obviously i have a blind uncle so no offense to anybody who's disabled but like how do you miss what's going on literally open your eyes yesterday a man walked into a synagogue and shot 12 people while yelling that jews should die um and you know then we can get comments that people are saying like this isn't happening um well like i don't know are you not paying attention or do you just not want to see it listen man it's a different time in america so guys we are going on a quick music break you'll still be able to see us but we won't be talking about the show so this is your moment to go stretch your legs grab something to drink go tell your friend to start streaming when we get back we are going to be talking about the safety of people that look like me and Alyssa and greg and dejanay in america while trump is in power we'll be talking about the pipe bombs we'll be talking about the shooting We'll be talking about all the things that are happening. But until then, I'd like to trigger some of our Trump-supporting listeners today with this song. It's called I Rap My Hijab. Yes, beloved. Hey, hey. All right, guys. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC. All the voice of Harlem. We are not in the studio this week. The studio is under construction. So we are here in my office on Facebook Live, on IG Live, on the podcast kit. Do you love our show? Do you love what we do? Do you want to support us? Then please become a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash be heard radio again that is patreon.com slash be heard radio you can give as much as a hundred dollars a month or one dollar a month but every dollar counts and it helps to pay for things like hey this podcast kit right here our ability to come down here and do this show our soundcloud and our speaker accounts which feed into the podcast system and also it keeps us very happy because when we're not broke while doing the show it's a great thing. And right now we're broke doing the show, so make us happier. And also, if you have any questions, comments, curse words, or concerns, leave us a comment on Facebook Live. As always, on IG Live, we want to hear more from you. And of course, if you're a part of the podcast crew and you listen on the podcast, we appreciate you. Keep listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast from, we're definitely with all of that. But now, guys, I'm here, and we got to switch gears just a little bit because this the last week, week and a half, has been breathtakingly violent. So as we talked about earlier in the show, there was a shooter who went and killed two people, two black people at Kroger's, and then once he was attacked by a white person, he said whites don't kill whites. There's a fact that Donald Trump has, put, has been trying to push some changes that would define gender as only male and female, therefore stripping rights from transgender people in a very systematic way. And then this week, we've seen a bunch of pipe bombs appearing at the homes of people who have been adamantly against Trump or Trump hate, including Joe Biden, Robert De Niro, Kamala Harris, um, Debbie Watson Schultz, Barack Hussein Obama. And now listen, I'll tell you this right now, white gentrifiers, if something happens to Obama, you're going to have some problems because you're all up in East New York and in Harlem, and there's still a lot of black folk there, so let's hope that doesn't happen. But anyways, that, that pipe bomber was caught 
but his van, he was literally driving around Florida with a van that had Donald Trump propaganda plastered all over the outside of it and pictures of elected officials like Kamala Harris and Barack Obama with crosshairs on them. And no one thought anything was weird because I guess that's just how people in Florida exist. In Plantation, Florida, on top of that. Yeah, yo. <laughs> you can't make this up. Plan in Plantation, Florida, thank you. But, you know, a lot of people, or maybe just me and Alyssa and Gray, and we're projecting... But a lot of people have been looking at what's going on and the way that Trump has responded to this and have been thinking, yo, it's not safe. And just as we like people had calmed down because we caught the person that was sending bombs, 11 people were shot and killed in the Pittsburgh synagogue. 11 people. And the shooter, whose name I'm not going to say because the shooter's name doesn't matter, screw the shooter, he, he walked out of there alive. Alive! Even though Trayvon Martin is dead. Alive! He walked out of there alive and he said all Jewish people must die. So now you're sitting here in the studio with two black men and a Jewish woman. And things like this have made us feel, or made me feel maybe, like our lives are on the line every single day, like we are under attack. Meanwhile, we're seeing comments from people like Teresa Asbel Elliston on our Facebook live stream right there. You can check it out at this moment, who is telling us that what we're saying is ridiculous. And you're seeing that there are people on the right saying that this is fake news and these are false flag attacks. What's going on? Have we gotten to a place now where we might have to be thinking about going to war with people on the right? I know that sounds like hyperbole, and it, it might be a little bit, but what? where are we heading right now, Greg? Well, um, we were talking earlier about uh, it just doesn't feel safe here, right? Yeah. It's just felt that way for decades. And there's a famous comic who talks about not the past few decades, but every decade. Yeah. Um, and I'm often reminded... and. It's 50 years of the anniversary of a lot of things, right? Voting Rights Act, which we talked about in the previous weeks and things like that. But only 50 years ago, it was still criminal yeah. to be black. Yeah. And as much as I think we've come so far, I'm reminded like weekends like today that we haven't come that far if you're Jewish. We haven't come that far uh, if you're LBG, uh, LBGQ. We haven't come that far if you're black. We haven't come that far if you're Muslim. We haven't come that far, period, at all. I mean, look, America's a young country, right? It's only over, just over 200 years old. And in that 200-year period, give or take, basically the entire history of America is a history of violence. And it's a history of violence against some group of people, starting with you know, the genocide against Native Americans and leading up to the situation that we have now. Um, you know, people forget that um, only 50 plus years ago, Jim Crow was still the law in America on the books. And even today, Jim Crow still is the law in America, just not on the books, just using the criminal justice system. People forget that less than 50 years ago, Jewish people were being killed or just, I'm sorry, just over 50 years ago, Jewish people were being killed in concentration camps. Hitler was rounding Jewish people up in Poland, in Hungary, in Romania, all over Eastern Europe, putting them on trains, sending them to Austria and Bergen-Belsen. Six million Jewish people died in the Holocaust. That was ended. The World War II ended in 1945. It is 2018. We have not come that far, and a lot of the hate that existed then still exists today. And as I started out saying earlier when we were talking about this during the News Roundup, after 1945, a lot of that went underground. And then you had the 60s and peace and love and the feminist movement in the 70s mm -hmm. and the gay rights movement um, in the 70s. Um, but ultimately, even though that stuff went underground, it never went away. Why? Because we never dealt with it. And now, through the rise of Donald Trump and the rhetoric that Donald Trump spews and the way in which he talks to people, it has allowed a situation where all of these people who never went away have now felt empowered to come out of the woodwork 
And then we get in a situation like we're in today, where black people are getting killed going to the grocery store because they're black. Jewish people are getting killed on a Saturday while they're at Shabbos services. Yeah. Elected officials are getting bombs in the mail simply because of their politics. And people say this isn't who we are. But as I said earlier, it is. It, it's always how we've been. It's always who we've been. And that's what we need to figure out how to deal with. I mean, you're not you're not too wrong, Lisa. Firebrand Moore just commented on our Facebook Live, and he said we've already we're already in a long-standing war. We just haven't engaged an enemy yet. And that makes me ask a question because Michelle Obama says when they go when they go low, we go high, right? Yeah, not Eric Holder, but yes, Michelle Obama. Yeah, Michelle Obama said that. <laughs> Should we be going low? Because this is getting real now. They are killing people. They are, like, And, you know, people always make a fuss because, you know, um, Mitch McConnell can't go to the Mexican restaurant even though he's helping to deport people from Mexico. And that um, Tucker Carlson can't go to eat outside in public because people yell at him. But people are dying. There, there are bodies. There's blood on the floor because of what's happening. Do we need to change our approach to dealing with white supremacists and people on the right? Alyssa, what do you think? I mean, look, yeah, I, I do think there needs to be a change of approach. I don't know if that change of approach is necessarily for us to get more violent. That's a really hard question. Um, you know, do you meet violence with more violence or not? Um, you know, is it a point in time where we've really reached a point of no return, where we need to have some kind of revolution, and does that revolution involve guns? Yeah. If that's the case, then more people are going to die. Yeah. There will be more deaths and more destruction. I mean, if don't forget, the Civil War yeah. um, is the most American casualties in a war ever. Brothers yeah. fought brothers. I don't know if that's the place we want to be at. Are we going to continue to have a war of words? I. We are in such a difficult place right now, and yeah. the most that I can say is I wish that there was a way for us to talk it out mm -hmm. that doesn't involve violence. I don't know if that's possible, but I also don't know if violence is the answer. So I follow the philosophy of Martin Luther King of that all-out war with the white supremacist state is a futile like, example. We will lose. We will be wiped out. So I don't believe in a war either. And I think that people who think that way are, are, being, are being a bit ridiculous. But Greg, I want to throw it to you. If, if that's out of the question, because also, like, why would we promote more violence, what do we do here? See, I'm a, to Alyssa's point, it's a tough question. Yeah. But I believe for change to happen, it involves protest. It involves agitation. It involves yeah. strategy. And I do believe in self-defense. Yeah. And so I would never want us to be proactively answering violence with violence, but I also want people to be safe. Yeah. And that's my stance is that we get more active strategically and be willing to defend ourselves when needed. Yeah. That's real. But what is, like, how do you, you know, Florida has laws like stand your ground, right? Where people can, if they feel like their life is in danger, they can defend themselves. And we've seen white people use this to just straight up kill black and brown people because they were afraid. How do you know when the line is you are in danger and you need to defend yourself and you're just being violent? Because that line can get crossed very easily. Well, I mean, look, look at the Proud Boys, for example. If you are going to protest um, somebody speaking at the Upper East Side Republican Club mm -hmm. and your purpose is to be there to just protest and stand outside and heckle people and have a sign, and then all of a sudden members of this white supremacist organization come out, start heckling you, and then throw a bottle at you, yeah. right? At that point, then, at least from a legal perspective, the law would say you can act to defend yourself or defend others. Yeah. Um, but the question becomes, like, I, you know, you're right. It's hard to determine when that is. And sometimes by the time you would want to defend other people, it's too late. Like, looking at Charlottesville, for example, a guy got in his car and drove through a crowd of people, like, in a vehicle, a, a, a million, you know, a thousand-ton vehicle. 
what was supposed to be the, the situation there? I mean, and, you know, did we want leftists to take out guns and start shooting at this man to stop him from plowing into the crowd? Again, these are very difficult questions, and I don't know right now if I have the answers to them. Um, but I, what I will say is, like I said earlier, sort of briefly, is it feels like the Second Amendment um, is sort of starting to trump the First Amendment. Um, because it feels like now when people are trying to exercise their right to free speech, uh, um, whether that's to say something that you and I disagree with, that yeah. maybe they should get punched in the face for but not shot, or whether that is to, you know, for somebody to exercise their right to worship in a temple on a Saturday morning without having somebody come in and shoot at them. And yet constantly we are seeing people being shot at and killed um, based on what they think. And the majority of the people who are being shot at and killed for their ideals are people on the left being killed by extremists on the right and not the other way around. Despite this fake rhetoric that the right continues to perpetuate about violent leftist mobs um, that don't exist. And part of that comes from the fact that Donald Trump gasses their head up with lies. Greg? Yeah, I, I would say another thing that's come to, to mind, and, and I don't, I'd be curious as to what the listeners even think too is, are we going about it all wrong? What do you in, mean? In terms of trying to, diversity is hard. Yeah. Right? So I always think about this example. One of my mentors once told me, people give birth to a kid. Yeah. It's, their, it's the closest thing to the same as you as anything in the world, the person you give birth to, right? Yeah. Your, your parents give birth to. If a kid used to pick things up with their left hand, they would get beat by the parents that birthed them just because they were different and like seen as weird because they were left-handed because most people were right-handed. Yeah. So diversity is hard. So what I mean by maybe a different stance is, Maybe the folks with Black Wall Street had it right. Maybe folks who have their little Italy's a little, like maybe they got it right. Like maybe the goal isn't to try to figure out how we get along, but it's like, hey, this land is my land too. And like, let me have my space, you have yours. And like, let's not cross the lines. Cause clearly so, we don't work well together. One second, so like, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is maybe segregation in this new age would be better. Is but that, well, I just wanna make sure I'm getting it right. I'm saying that, We've seen people, communities create their own pockets of community mm -hmm. and been able to be like, yo, that's cool. Like, I'm gonna just live my life and like, we're all good. Yeah. But I mean, the problem with that is that there are overlaps in communities, right? And and where these overlaps, I mean, like I am a queer Jew. Um, so right now uh, that's right away overlapping in two communities right there. And, and there are lots of Jewish people that don't, um, consider me Jewish, number one, because I'm not religious enough, or number two, um, would not recognize me as a Jew because of the fact that I'm queer, okay? There are lots of trans black people that are not accepted within their own communities, uh, black communities, because of the fact that they are trans or queer. Um, there are black Jews that are not accepted by the Jewish community because they are black. So yeah, I see what you're saying in terms of like, I don't know, maybe the, the solution is that you know, we should stay within our communities, but our communities have overlapped in so many ways and we spend so much time talking about intersectionality and there's true intersectionality here. And like, look at the Jewish issue for a second, right? Jewish people are just as likely to be hated on as black people by white supremacists in America. However, because Jews appear to be outwardly white, they pass in a way that black people don't. So when a white guy walks into the Kroger and says, I'm only going to shoot black people, I don't shoot white people, that guy may also actually be like, well, I wanna shoot Jews, but I don't know who's Jewish because you know Jews appear to be outwardly right. And so then we get into like immutable versus non-immutable characteristics, and it just like, it gets too confusing. What I would really like for us is to you know figure out, and I, I realize we're not gonna live in a utopia, but we have to find a way to get along better, number one, 
on. And we have to figure out a way to make all these racists and white supremacists um, and all these people that have always existed but have crawled back out of the word work since the 30s crawl back into the woodwork or go away period forever. I, I get that. And, and so, and this is why it's a helpful, it's, it's a cool conversation because I don't necessarily think anything is that simple, right? So I'm right. not going to the extreme, but me, but I would say, you know, New York and Alabama don't necessarily get along. Yeah. Right, so there's a multicultural state, and then there's a state that like sees things like social justice and race and sexual orientation differently. I don't know if we should be trying to like meld those states together and have those people now all live together. Yeah, but then again, then that leads to an issue where then like, what about LGBT people that live in those states, right? Are we going to allow those states to take those people's rights away because you know we don't necessarily need them to meld with liberal ideas? Look, know. you know, I'm look, just it's saying it's not working. Right? Right? Let me, I just said that I know what we have now isn't working. So let me jump in. If you're tuning into the podcast or you're listening on Facebook or IG Live, we kind of been having a question of like, should we just kind of like segment off into our own groups? Alyssa made the argument that some groups have like kind of like countermingling because. Yeah, and she said she's a, a white Jewish woman, but she's also like a part of the LGBT, LGBTQIA community. Um, you know, when you when you have those kind of conversations, I would say I'm going to use the word integration because that's the best word I have for it. It is not historically helped people of color, African Americans, because we don't get the resources that we need. But Alyssa said that she wishes we can get to a space where we can have these racists and these white supremacists and nationalists go back to the holes they crawled from. And I would make the argument, and obviously, you know, I don't mean to be confrontational with you, Alyssa, no. but you're the only white person here. Why didn't you get rid of these white people in your families before? Because these white people have existed because other white people have not taken their their crazy Uncle Ned seriously. They saw that Johnny was maybe on 4chan calling himself an involuntary virgin or involuntarily celibate, and they did nothing. And when Donald Trump was running for office, people kept trying to argue and say it wasn't bad. As Republicans moved further to the right and said more and more racist things, they, we gaslit people who tried to call it out. This is a creation and a perpetuation of white people and white supremacy. And I, as a black man, um, or you know, other gay, transgender, queer people, and other people of color, we can't fight this battle because we didn't create it. And for the most part, we're on the right side of history and the facts. This is white people business. Right, no, absolutely. Look, there are white people, Jews, that voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. There are a large majority of very, very religious Jews and people who are not even very religious but are very, very pro-Israel that voted for Donald Trump on the grounds that Donald Trump was going to be good for Israel, right? Mm -hmm. He agreed to move the embassy, and he did. He agreed to do this, and he did, right? They're like, oh, well, Jared Kushner is Orthodox, and he's married to the president's wife. Um, like, that's all well and good, but at the same time, Donald Trump goes to these rallies, right? Mm -hmm. And he says things and he tweets things that are literally um, dog whistles, not just against black people, but against Jewish people to white supremacists. Yeah. Don't ever forget, white supremacists don't like Jews. They don't like gays. They don't like blacks. And so to your point, we can talk to people within our own community. We can talk to other white people. Jewish people can say, how could you vote for this guy that goes yeah. to a rally and fans the flames of anti-Semitism? Yeah. And yet the response that we get from a lot of Jews on the right is, well, he's good for Israel. And I actually want to push the needle a little bit more on this one. And feel free to like pass on this question because it's a tougher one. And we'll get to you in a second too, Greg. It's like in Israel, we're seeing white supremacy in real time as they're running an apartheid state against Palestinian people. And they're literally trying to um, sterilize Africans that are coming over there and deport them. And no one's saying a word about that. So it's not even just with the white supremacists or the neo-Nazis. This is happening in a Jewish state, a group that has been oppressed almost like no other is oppressing others now. 
And if we can't even address that with an honest conversation without being called an anti-Semite person, like, how are we ever going to get past any of this? Right. I mean, look, that's the inherent problem is whenever you try and speak out against some of the oppression that is being perpetuated by people that have been oppressed, you very often get labeled as being anti-Semitic when you're not anti-Semitic. Speaking, I mean, I don't want to derail the conversation into a conversation about Israel-Palestine. That is like a whole other show. Yeah. We have done that before. I actually want to shift gears, but actually. So, I, so go to Greg real quick. I'll come back to you in a second. Um, okay. I want to have a question. Of, like, <laughs> he asked me a question. you got to let me answer it. I, I, I thought you had already. <laughs> no. Sorry. But so we'll, we'll come back to you. So, like, what role is Trump playing in this, Greg, as far as, like, helping to stoke this violence? We always say that, but are we over-exaggerating? Are we putting the blame on him? What's his role in all this? So, Trump is... Uh, I, I don't go as far as to say Trump is the reason why the guy did the bombing. Yeah. Right? There's there's been a history of extremists um, and violent people well before Trump got here. Yeah, but what true. I will tell you what Trump does is he raises the level of what is acceptable for the masses. Yeah. Yeah. So culture is about values and about what we deem as normal and what is acceptable. So Trump says there's very fine fine people on both sides. Now all of a sudden folks are like, oh, you know what? Maybe folks who believe in nationalism, they're not, like, they maybe that's not that bad. Yeah. Um, oh, body slamming reporters. Like, oh, well, maybe I'll do that next time I'm running because the world seems to like, I get more votes, like yeah. people like that. And so I think he's raised the level of what's acceptable for the mainstream, and that, to me, is what's dangerous. But the media has a role to play in that because the, re the media cannot put that on the air. That's true. They um, do. And they do because it sells, because it's good for their ratings, and Donald Trump knows that. And half the time, he's saying inflammatory stuff. I think he says it, one, because he actually believes it. He legit called himself a nationalist this week, yeah. um, You know, which like used to be a thing that you didn't say yeah. even if you believed it. It was co um, or something else. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, here's the thing. The media gives him a platform. Rather, the media could have been, and some of them were, at Union Square last night, showing the Jews that had come together to pray for those who had been killed. They were singing songs. They were sending messages of love and unity. Um, that does not sell. That does not get ratings. Donald Trump going to a rally and saying incendiary things that literally caused people to send, okay, maybe not directly caused them to send bombs in the mail. Um, those are the things that get the press. And so yeah. the media has a role to play that in that as well. Um, we want to take some quick comments from Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, so earlier, Firebrand Moore said that um, if we had followed General Sherman's total war strategy in the Civil War to its logical end, instead of supporting former slave owners during Reconstruction, then maybe we would not have had to deal with some of the genocidal hatred that we see today. Um, just to give a little context, I mean, basically that strategy was that um, slave owners should have been not propped up during Reconstruction, yeah. um, and that wouldn't have given people that still believed in white supremacy a leg up from the start. Uh, that's a really interesting comment and conversation that, unfortunately, I don't think we have the <laughs> time to delve into completely. Rob Wright says, um, spot on with our description of violence on the left. Um, not that I have any answers yet either. Um, and, and, and I think that's right. Um, it's hard. It really, it's, it's something we really have to think out. Yeah. Um, but, Stanley? No, yeah, so... We're, we're at this space now where, like, these things are obviously happening. Donald Trump said something very disgusting yesterday. After this, the shooting happened in Pittsburgh, he said he almost canceled his speech in Florida because it messed up his hair. This is why bombings are happening. Like, attempted bombings are happening all across the country, and then 11 people lost their lives. This is what he's talking about. But a lot of people have beat the drumbeat saying Donald Trump is a racist and that the Republican Party is racist. 
can we end the debate and confirm that they are racist now? And not just racist, racist, transphobic, anti-Semitic. Um, I mean, and look, of course, everybody's going to say, oh, that's a generalization. It's not everybody. Sure. Are there individual members of the Republican Party that are not racist or not transphobic or not anti-Semitic? Yes. Are there individual Republicans in this country of three million plus people that are not those things? Yes. However, it's about complicity. When you continue to vote for the Republican Party, when you continue to listen to Donald Trump, prop him up, give him airtime, go to his rallies, retweet his things, or even live in the delusions that we saw in some of the comments that we got today, um, then you are complicit, even if you are not explicitly racist or anti-Semitic or transphobic, you are equally part of the problem. Okay. Yeah, and I would just add, uh, to take the words from um, uh, Mr. Gillum down in Florida, yeah. who is uh, trying to become the first ever uh, black governor of the state of Florida, he said this to his um, rival who he's running against, he said, I'm not sure if you're racist, but the racists think you're racist. Mm -hmm. And that would be my thoughts on the GOP and the folks who support it. Yeah. And Alyssa, you mentioned that they're also transphobic. Let's we have a little time. Let's talk more about the White House attack on transgender people. Mm. We we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but this is an issue that hits a home for a lot of us because we have friends and allies and people we care about who are, are who are in the transgender movement. Like what what does it look like? How are people reacting to this? I mean, people in the transgender community are, are scared, um, legitimately. I mean, because this is a, it's a really big deal. The, essentially, the idea is to write trans people out of existence as if we don't exist. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes even further than that and starts to lead down this eugen, eugenics route where they're saying in order to confirm who is or isn't male or female, then there would be genetic testing done by the government. Can well, you explain eugenics? Um, I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm for, no, I can't explain eugenics in 30 seconds or less, and I'm not going to attempt it. If you can, I then you can. Um, but, I mean, the idea is, like, we've seen this before, and where have we seen this kind of thing before? Well, we saw it with... Uh, um, Hitler, right? And you know, like I said on a previous show, Donald Trump isn't Hitler, but Hitler wasn't Hitler until he was Hitler. And so, you know, we're always a half a step away from what happens next. But, you know, as the person here today that like falls onto the gender non-binary um, spectrum, um, it, you know, look, I was devastated when I heard the announcement. I was angry. I was frustrated. I went through that whole range of emotions. Um, but I also realized that because um, thankfully, as like a white person who's upper middle class who like has a law degree, I am less likely to be in a space where I'm going to be attacked. Um, and and you know like that's good for me. But I was worried so much less about myself and so much more about other people and in particular trans people of color because trans people of color are of course the most likely to be killed. Um, and and at the end of the day, that's what this is about. I was reading Stanley an article when him and I were hanging out on Thursday night on Reddit about the bathroom in issue and the why that people who support Donald Trump are so invested in the bathroom issue. And the reason isn't because they don't want somebody in the bathroom or whatever. It's because they want trans people dead. They want trans people to die. And when you look at this announcement from the, the, the Donald Trump administration, where they literally want to write trans people out of existence by changing the law to say that trans people don't exist, that is legal death, civil and legal death. So they can't figure out a way to actually kill us. Um, because, you know, that would be a huge human rights genocide issue that, you know, and you, don't get me wrong, the United States does effed up stuff like that, uh, but they're not going to explicitly just start running around killing trans people and rounding them up. So instead they're going to 
give well, them a legal think. death, or at least we don't think right now. Yeah, but it's way, the same thing. A legal death is the almost the equivalent of actually being killed. And just real quick for those of you who are wondering, the definition of eugenics is the science of improving, quote unquote, a human population by controlled breeding to increase the occurrence of desirable heritable characteristics. And this is a an idea um, created by Dr. Francis Galton, and it was pretty much perverted by the Nazi party because they were saying that they were pretty much doing eugenics by getting rid of Jewish people to create the perfect race of white, Aryan, Anglo-Saxon people, blonde hair, blue eyes. I was considered the perfect race for those of you. So folks are under attack in the trans communities. Black people are always under attack. There's nothing new about that. Jewish people are under attack. Trump seems like he's being pretty ignorant to all of it. We're saying that violence isn't a solution. We had a conversation about potentially se like sectioning off communities. What do we do then? What's a real? What's, what are some real solutions to actually dealing with this this crisis of country that we're facing? First of all, I don't know about you guys, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Just so to just I just want to say to folks out there who just may be tired, like we get it. So just know that we're tired too. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I would tell folks is uh, find your people who like embrace your intersexuality yeah. and intersectionality, um, who love you for you because it's needed. The self-care, being around people who love you. And that's, as of right now, um, that's where I'm at. And then also, if you see people out there acting up, mm -hmm. steer them in the right direction, but you don't have to do the work for them. Yeah. Right. So like, tell them to go Google blackface or to Google the Holocaust, mm -hmm. but you don't do the work for them because you'll be exhausted even more. What do you mean by that? Do the work for them? Meaning, you don't have to respond to every troll on social media and like give them the dissertation and explain to them why they're wrong. You don't like it, you, it's just impossible. Yeah. But you can tell them like, hey, you should go watch the movie Bamboozles if they don't understand blackface. Yeah. You can say, hey, you can go to the history.com and research the Holocaust. Like. And then give them the resource and let them do the work. Look, I agree with that. I think the hard thing, though, with that is that you're, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There are numerous people that deny the Holocaust. They are on the right. There are numerous people that do not believe that there's anything more than two genders. So it doesn't matter how much you're going to give them to read and look at. You can bring them there, but, you know, at the end of the day, some people, it's just like it, they're too far gone. And, you know, we literally live in a situation, and getting back to Donald Trump, when Donald Donald Trump's constantly calling things fake news and fake this and fake that. Like, we can't even agree on the facts anymore. Yeah. We can't even agree that the sky is blue. So it's really hard to have conversations with people and try and talk to them and convince them that racism is real and transphobia is real and climate change is real and all these other things are happening um, when, you know, they are constantly hearing the narrative about fake news um, and fake this and fake that. So, you know, like, one, we have to try and find a way to get people to agree on the facts. Um, but just to answer your question, number one, white people, talk to your people. Um, like as the only white person on this panel, fellow white people, have conversations with your friends and family about transphobia, about racism, about anti-Semitism. What she said. Jewish people, <laughs> white Jewish people, have conversations with your friends and family about how um, at the end of the day, Donald Trump may have done this thing in Jerusalem that you agreed with, but he literally fans the flames of people that hate Jewish people. Well, the first bomb that was sent out this week was sent to who? 
George Soros. George Soros. And the reason why it was sent to George Soros is because there is a conspiracy theory on the right where right-wing people believe that George Soros, a Jewish man who literally escaped the Holocaust, is using his money to fund left-wing causes and Democrats because he wants there to be a Jewish Zionist takeover of America and American politics. The fact that this anti-Semitism exists and the way that George Soros is treated is specifically linked to the fact that he is Jewish. So Jewish people, talk to your conservative friends who are also Jewish about the fact that Donald Trump doesn't like you and he is trying to get other people that are anti-Semitic to come and kill you. Um, and you are not benefiting by voting for Donald Trump. Um, number two, organize, organize, organize. And of course, number three, the election God damn it, is next week. Go out and vote. Um, do not stay home. Take a friend to the polls. Find a car, get a carpool, get involved, make phone calls, send text messages, go out and knock on doors. There is less than a week left before this election, and there is still so much you can do. We have the opportunity to have a blue wave right now to take back Congress and to try and have some kind of normalcy or at least the balance of normalcy return, but that's not going to happen if people stay home and engage in slacktivism instead of activism. Yeah, and I just want to add to what you said too. Given the fact that there's voter suppression and folks, a little things go crazy when they get to the poll, if you're in a state or a place where you can go vote early, go vote early too. Get it done. Don't even yeah. wait till the last day, given that things have been so crazy when people are getting to the polls these days. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to squeeze in one more question because of what you guys said about um, elections and voting. Will elections save us? Democrats have been known to be just as racist as Republicans. They just do it with a smile on their face. Look at Hillary Clinton calling black kids super predators and Bill Clinton passing the crime bill, the crime bill that Joe Biden wrote. And now he's a favorite to run for president. So will that really save us? It will help. Right. I mean, That's imagine if we if we had Clinton in office right now. Whew. Yeah. Um, there wouldn't have been a ban on Muslims to come into the country. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the uh, consent decrees wouldn't have been repealed by the DOJ looking yep. into police departments and how they treat um, uh, minorities and people of color. Yep. Right. So these are things. So, yeah, those are two examples, just like how quickly the vote matter. Yeah. No, and so I it's not the only answer, but it's part of the battle. That's real. No, I mean, look, I agree with that. Uh, you're never going to have the exact candidate you want, and every single person who runs is always going to be in some ways problematic in some ways. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you have the option, and the option is do you want somebody who's less problematic or more problematic, <laughs> you know? Um, because people like to say, like, oh, it's the lesser of two evils this and the lesser of two evils that. Um, so, you know, but at the end of the day, we would be much better off right now if Hillary Clinton was the the president um, than what we're seeing now. Um, in fact, I, I, I'll read you a tweet that I saw uh, that somebody posted, and I'll end on this. And it says, unless you're planning on starting and completing a socialist revolution by November 6th, there's absolutely no reason to abstain from voting. It is not a blood pact. You are not beholden to Democrats when you vote for them over abstaining. There is a lesser of two evils, and it's not in action. Every Republican voted in Kavanaugh, and only one Democrat did. Statistically, we are, li we are literally safer with Democrats in office. And no, I'm not planning on 
relinquishing my communist ideals and deference to the Dems. I just don't think as black is white as anything short of a communist or socialist revolution is useless. Roe versus Wade is in jeopardy and women will die if it gets overturned. Leftists sitting on their asses are about as useful as the thoughts and prayers of school shootings. Um, that came from somebody named Newt Geisler. That was all on, one tweet? Yes. Uh, no, that was on Reddit. Um, but, oh. I, I, you know, I think Newt really makes a really great point here, which is there is a level of two evils and it's not in action. Well, yeah, so guys, we do have to close this thing out. I want to kind of like um, put, well, actually, we have a little more time, so I'll let Greg give his, his, some closing thoughts too before I go. Cool. Um, we talked a little bit about um, what happened uh, at the in Pittsburgh and the synagogue yeah. and about everybody being under attack. So I want to read a quick quote uh, by uh, a Lutheran pastor who was in Germany and emerged as one of the outspoken uh, folks against Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. And I think folks are familiar with this quote. He said, first they came for the socialists. And I did not speak out because I was not a socialist, mm -hmm. the Lutheran pastor says. He said, then they came for the trade unionists. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Mm -hmm. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me. And there I was with no one left to speak for me. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because whether they come for Stanley, whether they come for Alyssa, we get to stand up because it's only a matter of time before they come for you too. Yep. And I don't want to live in a world where we aren't here to be able to fight for each other. Yeah, so guys, I want to close this out by saying I am a black man in America, and I've always been a black man in America. And so the way that I see this world and the way that I see politics has always been tainted and just just like read through my own personal experiences. We are in a time that I never thought that we would see again. We are in a time that I thought we had read about in our history books and we would move on. And in this space right now, if folks are not willing to do everything possible to push back on this evil, we will be in a lot of trouble. I was looking at some of the comments on here um, and Firebrand Moore, you know, he said, normalcy is ridiculous. Normalcy in America is keeping Puerto Rico a colony and BBIPOC a sec second class citizens. I don't know what that means, so you're gonna have to translate for me. And he said, if I take cancer over cyanide, I still die. Democrats are cancer. Vote Green Party if you do go out to vote. And I wanna push back on Firebrand while also saying, Democrats are not the solution to the problems that we have. Killing white supremacy is a solution to what we have. But for the moment being, we have to find a way to survive, to win, to live another day. And in this case, it means getting the people who are in office out of office and replacing them with people who aren't the best, but they're a lot better than what we have. And then understanding that the only way to win, the only way to survive, the only way to grow as a people in a country is to be militantly in a battle to destroy white supremacy patriarchy and sexism because it is what feeds all of this and until we get square on that and are willing to do whatever it takes we will always be in trouble with that being said guys thank you so much for tuning in today if you want to hear us again listen to us on podcasts you can go wherever you get your podcast from listen to us make sure you're looking out for greg's underdog show great show guys and if you want to help us grow and get better patreon.com slash be heard radio become a monthly subscriber we appreciate you see you next week